Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast. I'm Sally. I'm Linda. I'm Ing. And we're moving along. Hey guys, welcome back for our podcast. Today's the 33rd episode and we are talking about workplace dynamics. So, because we're talking about work this whole episode, when I try to stay away from work-related um, updates, but let's move on to our weekly recap. Uh, I guess I'll go first. Uh, over the weekend, I had an interesting experience. Basically, I got scammed. Oh. Um, so a few again, weeks again. ago, I set up an eye appointment to get an eye exam at this place, and then turns out my insurance doesn't cover both eyeglasses and contacts exam i can only choose one or the other to for it to cover so i told the person i spoke to on the phone that i wanted just an eyeglasses exam and then on saturday i arrived there and i reconfirmed with them i'm taking an eyeglasses exam right and she was like yeah so i just like followed them they did all the exam they did all the tests on my eyes and whatever um and then at the end they were like they said something about giving me contacts and I was like wait I just signed up for an eyeglasses exam and then the ophthalmologist was like no it says here you're signed up for contacts and then she was like oh but it's okay I'll just release both prescriptions and give you both of them and then I was like okay fine and then when I was leaving she was like okay let me ring you up it's $85 for the contact fitting I was like huh and she was like, oh, I already provided my services, so um, you're going to have to pay for this. And then, so I just paid the 85 and I was, like, kind of confused, like, what just happened? So I left, I left the office, and then I went down to the car, because my mom had to wait outside, and I told my mom the whole incident, and she was so pissed. <laughs> so she, she, she dragged me all the way back into the office after I, like, said goodbye to them. It was so embarrassing. And then she, like, made a, she made a scene in the office. She was like... This is like this is not fair. Why do we have to pay eighty five dollars for something that we weren't expecting to pay for? And then the eye the eye doctor was like, "Well, I provide services, and if I already did this, you want me to work for free?" So basically, they were like arguing oh back and gosh. forth. And then eventually, um, we settled for like getting half of the money back. So I only got scammed forty five dollars. <laughs> Wow. Or $42.5. But yeah, that was a whole thing. It took like two hours. Wait, is this your new like work insurance? No, I, this is my family? parents' insurance. We have Blue Vision. But don't Blue you go there? Don't you go there? Like, is this your regular eye doctor? Um, I've been to her before, but last time I got, a, like, last time I got contacts. Oh, wow. Apparently, okay, when you said... Oh, wait. Keep going. Apparently, when you do the contact exam, it includes eyeglasses. But you have to pay the fitting fee, which is $85. The extra. Yeah. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. When you said that your mom, like, dragged you back in, I literally, (laughs) my heart, like, stopped because that's what my mom does. Like, if I I have to go in and do something on my own and I mess it up or I'm, like, a little too shy to say something, she'll Mm -hmm. walk me right back in. And then I look like a child. Wait, oh Sally, God. that's what you did to me at Gonchon. <laughs> Wait, true. Like, I was too scared to tell him that that he gave me the wrong order. And then Sally, like, pushed me towards the counter. And it's like, she asked for a lychee. <laughs> Sally I gets get it that from, from her mom. mom. 
I know. Okay, when I went back to my car, my mom and I told my mom the whole thing. She was like, "I knew something would happen. I knew they always t- they always take advantage to, oh, of like young, like young looking woman." <laughs> she was like, "I knew I couldn't trust you to do this by yourself." You know what happened when I went to my eye doctor? My mom drove me too, but like because of Corona, you have to go in by mm-hmm. yourself. She gave me a post-it note with like everything <laughs> written down. So I couldn't mess it up, and still I almost messed it up. I caught oh my myself, gosh. but it's because like any time that they want to like make the price a little more expensive, or they're like, oh, suggesting this test, mm-hmm. I'm like too afraid to like say no. So yeah, they're but then so I'm tricky. more afraid of my mom. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. <sighs> yeah, that's true. Like if they tell you you need something, I'm not gonna be like, yeah, no, like exactly. I don't need this medical thing. The same thing happened to oh. me. Well, not same thing, but. Like, a similar thing also happened to my sister when she got her eye exam a few, like, a month ago. My mom started yelling at the guy because they switched her prescriptions for her left arm, for her left eye and her right eye. So my mom was, like, what? so, she was so pissed at the guy. And she kept, like, yelling at him even though he had no power to do anything. <laughs> Honestly, your eye doctor place seems really, uh, like, not organized. <laughs> Oh, my sister went to a different eye doctor. So that's why oh. she brought me to back to this eye doctor. But she's also not good. So I don't know where to go anymore. You should come to my eye doctor. <laughs> Maybe I will. <laughs> okay. Well. Moving on. Linda, how was your week? Um, okay. No more talking about work because we're going to talk <laughs> about that later. So I was talking to an old classmate about getting an astrology reading. And... Yeah, they gave one, gave one to me, and it was really cool because they, like, analyzed the whole chart, and they, like, shared their screen mm-hmm. with me, and it had the chart, and they were, like, annotating wow. it in front of me and stuff, and it was cool to hear, like, having someone in front of you doing it is totally not the same than being on an app and, like, trying to guess what they mean, and we were just, like, talking about astrology and the Enneagram mm. and how it's really cool how the angles really make a Can you explain the angles um, to us? Yeah. And the things? Explain it. For the Enneagram? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Enneagram is like, it's a circle, the nine different yes, we know the personalities. Shape. We did this together. Explain the <laughs> angles. We're asking for so more So the in-depth. angle is like, so we're both astrology and the Enneagram that, signs and the personalities are in a circle and the connections between them form a i don't know it means something it so gives you some kind you of different meaning <laughs> <laughs> well i'm not the expert here like clearly i went to someone else who did this for me and but they made some pretty accurate readings mm. like the jupiter planet is supposed to mean something about your siblings and my jupiter is in Leo <laughs> and I told them my brother's name is Leo and then and then they guessed that my brother was a jock <laughs> and I was like oh my god like he actually does a lot of sports that like that's totally right and it was just cool to hear and nice to think about how did it compare to your reading in Taiwan was that an astrology reading or, or I guess a little uh, different but it was like a more general oh, okay. fortune telling reading but there's also a connection because the fortune teller in Taiwan wrote out my birthday in the characters and you can have some kind of there's like an element attached to the character the same as like elements from astrology how you have like a 
water sign or a fire sign mm -hmm. and both people um the astrology person the fortune teller person said i'm very dry like for <laughs> the a lot of fire fortune teller they they said i have a lot of wood oh hmm a lot of wood <laughs> okay in, like wood and fire okay. in my like birthday thing and then apparently i have three planets in virgo which is an earth sign so it like matches up and apparently astrologers if you don't know your birthday they can ask you when specific events in your life happened and they use that to kind of deduce when Ooh. your birthday is Ooh. i was like that's actually like criminal minds like trying to figure <laughs> it out um yeah, it's really cool how, like, the history does, and then they told me a lot about how, like, medieval people do it. Maybe we should bring Hannah on for a part two of, or part three or four of personality <laughs> tests. That would be interesting to have someone who's actually yeah. knowledgeable on. Sounds interesting. Yeah. Ming. Ming. Um, yeah, so for avoiding work stuff, I guess the only thing I really have to talk about is back to my fitness activity level i suppose so sally and i are not doing or i'm not doing the chloe ting challenges anymore but something i've realized over i guess the week or week and a half that i haven't been doing it is that um i'm like really comfortable like not doing anything until like one night or one day while i get a bunch of like pent-up energy and so like the other night i randomly like had so much energy i just started doing like squats and stuff like while watching tv crazy. but then I immediately got tired so like i don't have enough energy to do like a full like workout but i was doing that and then yesterday for some reason i suddenly felt like an urge to go on a run which i haven't done since probably like freshman year of college like a run outside <laughs> so i went down to the park and like ran and i didn't get very far but <laughs> it's like weird how i don't i think what i need to do is like figure out a way to be consistently active that's like not everyday Chloe Ting because yeah. that was like too much burnout for me. But then sometimes my body will feel like restless if I don't do some type of I activity. Agree. So, yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, Have you done I any? I've set a goal for myself starting today <laughs> that I'm going to try <laughs> to do like one video a day, even though it's not like following the program. It's still good to because I feel weird to not doing anything. And if I don't do the one Chloe Ting video a day, I literally get no exercise. When I'm in mm. Frederick, at least. Yeah, so, that's so true. That's kind of sad. I just feel like uh, I have this problem with a lot of hobbies, not just working out, but with, like, plants or reading or anything. It's that, like, I put too much, like, I need to follow the program. I need to, like, do all this. I need to dive in head first. But then eventually I always get burnt out. So mm -hmm. I really just need to work on that for, like, everything in my life. But <laughs> so that's how my week's been going. <laughs> Alrighty, everyone, today we are talking about workplace dynamics. Uh, we thought it would be a suitable topic since all three of us are now employed. And officially this week, I've been working for a full month. So while it's not like a really in-depth analysis, we have had some time to like figure out or try to figure out these dynamics. So I think uh, we're going to start off with like high level things and then work our way down to, you know, relationships being bigger and then interpersonal smaller. So to start it off, we're going to talk about the dynamics of just in general our specific jobs or industries that we're working in. Because Lynn and I are working in similar industries, but Sally's in a completely separate one. So maybe we can talk about what it's like for Sally working in her current lab 
versus her past experiences and then what it's like for like Lynn and I to work in like a quote unquote corporate kind of nonprofit. So Sally, mm-hmm. do you have any thoughts? Well, I feel like my thoughts on this lab might not be accurate because this is the only lab I've worked in during coronavirus. So the whole dynamics is really different because we can't meet in person. Everything's like all of our lab meetings are online. Um, we have to schedule it so that only one person is in the main lab at a time. So it's a lot of like, there's a lot of um, t- not tension, but like, like stepping on what is it? Stepping on eggshells? Like what's that expression? Yeah. But yeah, like trying to work around other people. So it's like. Mm-hmm not really trying to stay there and like have makes like connections and talk to people although i have kind of been talking to my co-workers that are like around the same age as me so i guess it's a good thing about like working in person is even though you're social distancing like when you see someone in the lab in the hallways or whatever you're kind of obligated to stop and like at least say hi sometimes like a whole conversation with them so if you're working, when I'm working, um, like solely online, there's less of that. So, mm-hmm. in some ways, I am grateful to be working in person. But then, when I compare it to my other labs that I've been to before, um, so last summer I had an internship at a, it's a contract research organization. So it's a pretty small company, and the lab I was working for, well. It wasn't really a lab. It was just like a department under the company. Um, there was only, I think, five people total working in our like little lab area. So we got kind of, I wouldn't say close because I was only there for a few months, but we got like closer and we had more conversations and like we hung out together when we had breaks and stuff like that. Um, so there was more of that kind of interpersonal relationship, like building or at least attempt at building these relationships going on. Um, same thing for my when I worked for FDA in high school. Um, back then, I was just like a like a volunteer status, but I was working under my mentor and um, also someone else who was like a postdoc. And like we would talk more about our personal lives rather than just strictly work. And then the people in the whole division would have like Halloween parties and stuff like that. So. <laughs> There's a lot of like effort to try to get to know, like get closer to your coworkers in those kind of settings. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. an interesting uh, aspect to me about your lab, because uh, I have no like formal lab experience at all. So when you told mm-hmm. me that um, you're doing this like what is it post grad post back mm-hmm. program post back post back program that's like already like slotted for two years, I find that that's really interesting. Like. Does that, do you think that prevents you from creating like really close friendships if like, like people know that you're only here for two years or is there like a high turnover, I guess? Because like when I think of uh, post back jobs, like traditionally, I think, oh, you're there for a while. So you'd like try to form like pretty strong relationships. But is there high turnover in your lab, do you think? Um, not really, only in the post back position. Everyone else, at least for this lab, um, everyone else is a postdoc or, um, or the boss. I don't know what it <laughs> says, <laughs> but um, they're all like they're all they all have their PhDs. They all have, even though we're all contractors and or they're all contractors, not me. Um, 
there i think the position is pretty permanent because our lab is like a like a microscope core so we have to have like a microscope core and like i mean there's a person who was recently hired but i don't know how long term she'll be because she's she's not a like page postdoc or anything but in general i think yeah mm. but then when you compare it to well comparing to like industry so the one i worked in last summer um farmer on that one was very high turnover um i don't know about the people probably the people in higher positions not so much but um during the time i was there which was like only two to three months i saw several like i want to say like at least three people leave and then some people come in so it's a lot of high turnover i mean it's kind of a it's a small company um Mm -hmm. it's a lot of like analysis for other bigger companies so i guess it's not much loyalty to the companies that's also Mm. like probably Mm -hmm. a factor but when you look at like fda which is a government agency um all the employees or most of the employees are like are not contractors they're actual government employees then like people they don't move once they can get into the (laughs) government like they'll be there for life Mm -hmm. I guess that was just that the question like came to my mind because I was talking to our mutual friend Amber, right? And she mm-hmm. works at a eye doctor and she does all like the eye tests that you do before the actual exam. So like I don't know, all the machine the work. Thing I where guess. you squirt into your eye. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, like she just, like you get led around kinda of to the different tests. Mm-hmm. And then she was telling me how her job has really high turnover, like the oldest person there has only worked there since like february or something because oh, wow. uh, everyone there is like pre something so like pre-med pre-pa mm-hmm. so i was thinking like i guess in your program they know that you're going on to grad school like further on mm-hmm. like that's the whole point of it so it's interesting to like be working in a situation where everyone knows it's a stepping stone where i feel like for linda and i it's like low-key a stepping stone like we don't talk <laughs> it's about it but stepping stone. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have um? What are your companies like? Are they high turnover in general? Like besides your position, they. Linda, what do you think for yours? Mm, for my position is definitely a high turnover. Like my boss's boss acknowledged it. She was like, "This isn't the position that someone would be, that a lot of people wouldn't be happy working in for their whole life." Mm-hmm. And I think they've kind of made yeah. peace with it. Like it's something to hire. You know recent grads or people without a lot of experience um so they make the position like easy to train and the tasks are like kind of automatized so an origin is not built to be like a a career move Hmm. what about the rest of your team like are they like the other positions do you think that they also have the same kind of mentality or is it more like this position specifically you know I don't know because so we have 30 people on Mm. our team and we're supposed to be like growing bigger so there's like the mindset that we're going to be bringing in more people and I think that adds to like the image of not having a high turnover um, Mm. because more people are coming in and the company is growing so you want the people there to stay already you know that makes sense in general, do people stick to their company or do they like do they get advanced into higher positions within the company or do they try to look for positions like, outside the company? Are you getting a raise, Linda? 
Okay, I mean, they talked about making the position flexible so I can do more things mm -hmm. that I'm interested in, but I mean, that's not going to be high priority for for sure. Like, mainly it's supposed to be doing like what the the base level is. Um, and the company is pretty new, so we became like a subset of this bigger company in 2018, and that's when mm. some people migrated over from like the big company. So it's kind of that history, and it's only two years, so it's not that long to tell like mm. any pattern really. Yeah, wait, it's kind of interesting how you keep calling it a company because I think we talked about this before, but yeah, we both officially like work for nonprofits. That's that's what they are, but like. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on it as a company versus a nonprofit? Because I have thoughts about mine, but. Okay, I think we have similar thoughts, but these thoughts are that it's more of, it's very corporate. Um, and maybe that's because the role that I'm in is very like admin based, but it's a lot mm. of like emailing. And when I look at memes about like MBA, I relate to them more or like memes about <laughs> consulting, I relate to those. So, and like the whole like corporate office type, like it really applies. Like Ming's been sending me these TikToks of this lady, like my corporate voice and oh, oh my God, like, like there's a whole language. Yeah. And it's definitely like a, a new world. There's like upsides to it. If you listen to ABG's um, episode of like their corporate, um, corporate stories or something, I think that's pretty relatable too. Mm. yeah i feel like i can obviously we've talked about this before but i think you and i are both like kind of in the same place where we're working for these organizations that have really good mission statements behind them or they're doing good things quote unquote but it is organized and i guess in a way that every organization has to be to function but it's organized very corporate where there's like a hierarchy and i feel like a lot of what i do is it is helping the mission, of course, but it's also like doing things to help the organization run, you know, like it's not as mission driven as I would say as like Planned Parenthood or like working for another organization that's like smaller, like school level maybe, but I don't know, it just feels different. And the corporate thing is real, the corporate language of like how you talk to someone on email or conduct yourself like over Zoom calls or whatever, it's, it's very interesting. Um, so maybe we can talk about like what it's like to interact with our bosses because I think we've all alluded I guess in our recaps that like we all have very interesting relationships with our supervisors and I don't know I don't know what I expected out of my re relationship with a supervisor but I feel like being at Planned Parenthood really spoiled me because my supervisor was like she came from my same university she was really chill mm -hmm. and we were she wanted to talk as friends and it was like me being the one that's hesitant to like engage in that way but mm -hmm. then going to this job it's like she's also very friendly and super sweet but there's definitely like a clear line between our positions which is a good thing but um is different mm -hmm. sally how's your boss i mean is it really yeah, a boss or more like a mentor i think there's like a difference uh, what's there. the difference yeah. at this point I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think of him as my mentor because he's not really, I don't know. I don't think he's not really, like, qualified to be a boss. <laughs> he's just, oh. like, opposed. I mean, not to be like that, but, like, 
my boss, like the person that's really my boss when I had to put it in paperwork and stuff is the boss of our lab, which is like a different person. He's like older, but my mentor is good. Um, I mean, I interact with him more than like the boss of our lab, but I think um, my expectations were different from what my reality is, I guess, with my <laughs> relationship with my mentor. I guess I was used to having a mentor that would give me, like, clear instructions on what is she doing, like, mm. kind of give me a plan on what is she do every day or at least, or, like, weekly or something like that. But with him, it's more, um, it's more hands-off than I like or that I'm comfortable with. Um, he'll tell me to do things, but he won't tell me, like, he won't give me, like, when I should do it by sometimes, and he'll, like, throw a lot of things, he'll throw a lot of ideas out there and be like, oh, you should try this out and try this out, but it's, like, I don't know what I should do first and what I should focus on, what is just, like, a random idea he's throwing out sometimes, Mm -hmm. so it's, like, a lot more I have to, like, think, (laughs) actually have to think for myself, like, what should I be doing? Like, every day I go into lab and have to, like, set myself down and like what do i actually (laughs) what am i actually doing today um but yeah managing a little bit kind of yeah i mean he admitted himself that he's like bad at time management and stuff so Hmm. i also have to like be on track with that but it's um more independent than any other lab position i've been in which is probably a good thing for the future does he Mm -hmm. like teach you stuff or like give you something new yes but only if it comes like he won't actively teach you something unless it's something that's like come like unless it's like a problem or something that's coming up oh like need to know basis yeah um, another interesting thing is that my mentor is a physics major like a physics phd whatever so his specialty isn't really in the stuff that we're doing in the lab um i mean he knows a lot about like microscopes and optics or whatever but what we're doing for like in terms of biology he doesn't really know anything so i can't ask like i don't have someone to like rely on when i have a question about biology or something usually um when i worked in the school lab or like in in the fda lab when i asked my mentor questions they would usually have an answer and like a Mm. good reason to support their answer and stuff like that but now we both have to do our own research and figure things out for ourselves. So Wait, what does he say when you ask him a question that he doesn't know the answer to? Does he just say, like, oh, I don't know? He'll be like, look it up yourself. <laughs> okay, not like not in those words, but like, he'll be like, oh, you should do your own research or I don't oh. really know about this. Oh my gosh. Wait, okay, so when you have a, there, are there several like mentor mentee pairs in your lab? Yes. Um, so the other post back in my lab also has a mentor who's okay. like a post, also same position as my mentor. So, so how does the matching like happen or do you just get randomly? Oh, it just depends on, I guess it just depends on the timing because oh. the other post back in the lab, she joined one year ago. So she's already like, halfway through her fellowship. Oh, okay. So like back then her mentor was looking for a mentee. And now my mentor was looking for a mentee. It was like whoever's available. Kind of. I mean, it depends. I mean, I also had to choose him because it was a whole like application portal thing through NCI and NIH. I didn't apply specifically for this lab. Interesting. And Linda, I know that the idea of like um, 
like figuring things out on your own is something that I guess you told me about how you um like the Sunday nights before you have your like planning night or planning day yeah (laughs) is that because you don't well okay I don't have something like that like I don't have a set day but I would say that the difference between this internship and this job like the actual content is not that different like I'm basically doing very similar stuff but the difference is like the amount of hand-holding I guess you could say like Mm -hmm. I'm definitely not being hand or my hand is not being held (laughs) is what I meant to say like um in this position it's expected that like I bring the strategy I bring the ideas or Mm -hmm. I have a game plan whereas like obviously my internship my like supervisor was the one like giving me the ideas or telling me what to do or Mm -hmm. like I'm doing the same thing it's just like up to me to like figure it out yeah so it was like a natural progression was it like a huge gap like you were floundering or did you have enough experience Uh... to know what to do the thing that was like surprising to me which I didn't think this would take me that much adjusting but like I said the content itself is actually the same like it's pretty simple I do social media so it's like not that hard but the the thing that was messing me up or where I was like kind of falling behind a little was like people's workflows so like when you work on like a team inevitably you like work based on other people's schedules and like how they like to do things so what was messing me up was like oh I didn't know this person wanted to see a draft two times or like this person wanted to see it three days in advance versus two days like those little like nuanced like nitpicky things I like I had to fit myself into their workflow so that's what I was messing up on not the actual like work mm-hmm. you know I think I, mean, I, mean? I struggle with that a lot too because for my stuff like the things that I do are so low priority to other people that sometimes <laughs> oh. they just like forget to get back to me and like I feel annoying following up for such like a little thing but like their low priority is like a high priority for me yeah you know and when people forget they think oh like you're not doing much so let me tell you what to do but suddenly like everyone's giving me things to do and it's hard to organize because some days I'm like well no one's saying anything so I can't really get started on Mm -hmm. this topic it's like when you're working a lab report together and you're doing the conclusion and you have to wait for people (laughs) to get you the results and you're like sweating trying to write it in the middle of the night like that feeling is like where you don't like you don't know what to do there's only like so much planning you can do beforehand Lena, do you have a boss or supervisor person? Because it seems like a lot of different people are giving you things to do. Mm. Yeah, I do have a boss. And I think she's more for, like, bigger projects. Um, Mm -hmm. And when other people ask me for stuff, it's, like, little things. Like, can you help me schedule this? Or, like, can you help me with with Zoom? So. So it doesn't, like, get funneled through your boss first. Like, sometimes it just comes directly from people. Yeah, I feel like those things, but like bigger oh, okay. things, they do come to my boss first. But like my boss doesn't tell me, or like she doesn't <laughs> tell me sometimes. I'm like, did like did someone ask you th- that it was gonna like come to me? And she's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I said it was okay. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think that's the difference for my company or organization. We love the CC function on emails. So, like, mm-hmm. if you are, like, even a tiny bit involved, you'll be CC'd on the email. <laughs> like, I get That's emails I like. from, like, like the development team or the ops team. But, like, since it involves, like, a tiny bit of social media, like, I'm CC'd. So, I like that because it keeps me in the loop. But then it's also, like, struggling to figure out, okay, like, I see all these emails. So, but what's my priority? Like, I always want to prioritize what my boss thinks is priority. But sometimes it's, like, hard figuring out what she thinks is a priority. Like, mm-hmm. you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and when you're CC, you're like, is this my problem? Or like, should I right. respond? Like just chiming in. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my lab does that too. 
whenever we have like something to discuss like one time they had a whole thread about office chairs and i was like i'm not like i have no input on this just get a random chair did you remove yourself from the the email chain the cc you can't remove yourself from a cc oh yeah you can't control it (laughs) that's true that's true i was thinking i guess about replying because sometimes like if I think someone's not necessary, I'll remove them when I reply. But then uh, my boss will like add them back in like, <laughs> in the next email. So then, then I see feel... that you removed them before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's like hard to like keep organized, I guess, because mm-hmm. I guess like something is like when you're working on these teams, there there's like separate individual teams. But then sometimes your role requires like being the point of contact for like different teams. So it's like hard to keep track of like everyone's priorities. Honestly, that is probably the most essential thing to learn from college. Like, not even, like, for, maybe for Sally, like, the hard sciences. <laughs> but I feel like for me, like, the subject matter was good to know. But, like, what I really learned was, like, how to organize and prioritize, you know, team projects. You hate them, but, like, my entire life now is a team project, so. Actually, yeah, it's, like, um, a never-ending team. <laughs> team project. Like, as soon as you finish one project, oh, you have another one team projects on my end are not going well like it's so hard to do i'm talking about like collaborations between different labs it's so hard to like keep it going i guess Mm. so we're supposed to have like one collaboration with this nmri guy he's supposed to like run some samples for us and i think we purchased the chemicals or whatever but then like i don't know eventually the email chain just gets cut off or someone doesn't (laughs) respond and then like it just stops moving forward and then yeah, same thing for this other yeah. collaboration that was going on. Just, it's so hard to keep it going. Like, I think the other collaborators think of us as low priority, and we think of them <laughs> as like mid to high priority. So the same thing is going on. Yeah, is it your responsibility to um, like organize this, or is it your uh, supervisor? For collaborations, it's more of my mentor's responsibility because I'm like in a low position. <laughs> uh, I don't really know much, but. Okay, another thing that was different going into this position is that I have to do more, um, more like, more work, what's it called, like manager kind of work where mm-hmm. you have to order reagents and stuff like that, so, and I have to talk to company reps directly by myself. Oh my gosh. So, that's been kind of annoying. Yeah. Yeah, and then like, the reps won't get back to you because you're not their highest priority either, so... <laughs> basically everyone's ignoring you <laughs> because we're all low priorities it's oh like God. the most stressful part is like when you have to like leave your organization and like mm-hmm. so sometimes i have to like work with vendors and i've been slowly introduced to it with like my boss cc'd on things but eventually it'll just be me being in charge of like talking to these vendor people and like i'm so stressed about that because they don't know me they like i'm asking something of them and a lot of times there's like money involved like whenever there's money involved i get stressed out because of that like one mistake that i made at planned parenthood where i like ordered too many things and i like had to go through like the whole return process but like i feel like whenever there's money involved people's like anxiety or their um their anger could like get notched up really high like it's so much more high stress when as soon as there's like not even that much money but i'm scared of the like the corporate card yeah and if the vendor like fucks something up then it's like kind of on you even though it's not your fault Mm -hmm. 
I had to do that once. Uh. I was ordering wireless chargers and it took so long because you had to go to, to all the wireless charger websites and then put in your logo and then make sure it fits and then calculate <laughs> the all logo? the unit prices. Oh my gosh. So do you do a lot of like the um, the ordering materials and things like that? Is that your role, I guess, Linda? Like what is your role specifically? Yeah, I just don't know what you do. I mean, some I order stuff randomly i guess everything just feels really random like i have a few big projects that i'm supposed to manage and that's like a new thing too like managing a whole project and it's hard when you're you're in like a low position because you have to tell like people who are higher up what to do and sometimes it like feels awkward yeah i hate that what do you mean by managing like what do you do like i tell them oh you need to like, you need to submit your draft by this time. And I'm like, okay, you need to schedule your So you're not the one doing the person. work. You're just telling people to do stuff. Yeah. And, like, organizing it, I guess. Like, I'm responsible <laughs> for webinars randomly. Um, so You're, like, a project manager. Kind Is of. Is that your title? No, I'm a program associate, which doesn't oh, okay. mean anything, right? <laughs> I, I kind of relate to that feeling of... Um, I always feel like a little annoying gnat when I have to like email someone that's higher up than me, like reminding them to do something or like, oh, hey, can you give this like a quick look over? And then they take like two days to give it a quick look over. (laughs) And so I have to like pester them again. And it's literally about font choice or something, which to them, it probably seems low priority. But then I have to ask them because if I mess it up, then they they get mad. So like, right. Yeah. And they're like, why didn't you ask me? right but it's like if i ask you it takes two days so uh, it's hard being like on the bottom of the food chain mm-hmm. also virtual but i also because i guess if you're in person you can just go to their office and be like like look at this right. spot on the spot mm-hmm. like quick quick check-in but yeah virtually it's like you have to call them or text them or like schedule a zoom meeting which is no one wants to be on more zoom meetings so um what is it like to work with your coworkers specifically? Like maybe same level or like slightly higher than you, but definitely not your boss. Cause I've been having, okay, I want your opinion on this. It happened yesterday where th- someone on my marketing team who has been there longer than me, um, but she's not my boss technically. She is like the second youngest, like besides me, she's the youngest person. And she requested to follow me on Instagram. And like, I had a momentary like, little panic because i was like is what is the protocol around that like if they're not your boss but also they're a co-worker but also i haven't met them in person because of virtual onboarding so like i don't really know this person but also is it rude to like not so wait do you like i ended up accepting it but okay but what does it mean to get along like virtually like there's only so much i feel like i can engage with someone that I hadn't met before, like, in person. You know what I mean? Like, mm, yeah. especially when after the Zoom meeting ends, we all, like, hang up or, like, the host ends the meeting. So it's it's not like we're chatting on Microsoft Teams either. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, what would you guys do in that situation? Or how do you think you would draw the line between, like, being fr- coworkers? I don't coworkers think I would or- do that. Well... Honestly, on my Instagram, I let most people follow me, but I would feel weird. I, like, I definitely wouldn't go out of my way to follow someone else. Hmm. Um, but this, I mean, it's kind of a different thing, but the person who was, tr- the postdoc who was training me, 
like she was in my position before me she requested to follow me or be friends with me on facebook <laughs> like i guess a little bit before she left the position so by that time we had like chatted and she was training mm-hmm. me in person so we like you know we're friendly um so that wasn't weird to me but i think if it was solely a relationship online i would be weird about that mm-hmm. yeah what are your thoughts linda i mean my instagram is public so anyone can like see it oh true <laughs> i guess like i wouldn't know they were on there unless they followed me or said something but my coworker, who i kind of talk with the most she's like at the same level as me maybe like a little bit above like she's been there for longer she said something about like my facebook profile photo she's like wow like you look so different because i had like short hair back then i was like Um, oh like why didn't you add me as a friend if you're like on my profile she's like um she's like oh like i don't want to be like oh if you had a vacation and you posted your pictures on facebook when you said you were sick like that's going to be conflict of interest blah blah blah. i was like (laughs) okay that makes sense um and then i tried looking for her facebook i'm like okay time to look at her facebook but i couldn't find it like she must have some like security measures or some like privacy measures because i couldn't find out like oh my god like i wish she could just show maybe me maybe she used a fake name oh maybe yeah or how else you would like hide your what incognito mode and just like googled you <laughs> yeah i think it's like an interesting question because well maybe more so because i'm working in social media so like it's almost expected that like you know you have to connect your facebook to your business page like your personal facebook to your business account so my personal facebook is like linked to their company facebook now so like they probably know my facebook and they have looked at it but like in terms of other social media i think it's yeah i don't know how to draw the line because Wait, what about i want to be friends hmm? Wait, are you did you add your coworkers on linkedin i feel like that's like an acceptable place okay but it's also awkward because like i don't want to request my boss so a few people have from the company that like i'm not even on their teams i rarely talk to them they have requested me and i've accepted it but like no, my i don't want to request me. my boss oh she did <laughs> yeah like what's the- i thought is the protocol not to wait until you're done there or you do it during i don't know i don't know i also manage the facebook group through linkedin for my company kind of so i guess like yeah they just maybe that's how she connect, found you yeah. it was like hard i guess because i want to be friends with these people because i i probably will be working there for like maybe two or three years but i don't want to be like friend friends but you don't want to be or you're not like at that level yet do you not see anyone who's a potential friend okay maybe the person um the person who requested me on instagram she's like someone i could see as a friend but like not like in the same way where like on saturdays i'll ask to hang out with her more of like Mm -hmm. a friend like for work happy hours i would hang out with her you know like if the opportunity okay okay not out of obligation but if the opportunity is there then i would take her up on it but i'm not gonna i don't think i'm going to like initiate like oh let's go on a hike on saturday (laughs) (laughs) or something like that especially during now when it's we're all virtual and like Mm -hmm. we don't see each other so it's kind of weird um but it's also weird because like since she's the second youngest person, I feel like I need to, like, find someone that I can relate to. Because, like, everyone else your... is quite oh. older. Hmm? So when you're kind of, like, talking to your coworkers, do you kind of let go of that corporate email etiquette yet? Or are you still, like, signing every email and, like, saying, 
like addressing them in front because i think that's where i can kind of mm, tell like point. you're more casual with me because i talk to you i'm like dot 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 or like i have some <laughs> emoji or i just like type in yeah. all lowercase and stuff and then they're like they respond with some emojis and then it's like okay good. <laughs> well, no, when you type casual. all lowercase that's like when your f- true self is revealed to your coworkers. <laughs> Um, for me, it's like I follow what they do. So my boss often, we're at the point where she will email me without like in, an introduction or she'll just get right to the point and be like, she hasn't said LOL yet, but like a smiley face, <laughs> that sort of thing. So I'm like that to her. smiley face. The it's like the pass- okay. It's not passive aggressive, but it's like. Okay. My mentor sometimes uses it passive aggressively. Oh. Like when he's talking, to, not to me, but like to other people. Like other labs and like even people from like like reps from companies, he'll be like a smiley face after he like after he puts a sentence about how something's not working or like they did something wrong or whatever. Wait, okay, maybe I'm using it passive aggressively then because I'll use the smiley face on like Microsoft Teams chat if I'm like, this is my second time asking for your review, but get it to me when you can, smiley face. Oh my god. Wait, how do you find emojis like- that aren't the smiley face or like the pre-populated emojis and teams i can't oh. figure it out all i do How is do like i search online i'm like i google sweat emoji oh and then God. i copy and paste <laughs> it into much. my email <laughs> this is what you're getting salaried paid for <laughs> but um yeah some of my younger co-workers like her and like this other guy they'll send like gifts in microsoft teams uh. but like i would never do that with my boss or with like a c-suite person so yeah <laughs> i don't know like, i guess it just depends how you address people especially over email have there been like in work fighting yet at your workplaces or have you seen i can any, tell like, there's tension tension yeah yeah it's like low-key tensions right um mm-hmm. it actually happened today where my boss we, we were talking about something and yesterday she gave me a pretty formal in formal email that was like oh can you get this done and then she cc'd someone from the medical affairs team on it so I was like, oh, she wants the medical affairs team to know that I'm working on this. Okay, good. And then today during our one-on-one, she was like, so I didn't want to tell you this over email, but that medical affairs person was like kind of on me to like make sure you were doing this. So I don't think it's that high of a priority, but like, but do it. Like I could tell, yeah, that she didn't think it was that big of a deal, but because mm-hmm. another person was involved. So like, it's that, like that kind of tension where again, the priorities thing, like what some people think are high priority for us aren't but i don't know there's always tension okay there's always tension in my lab because like i think i mentioned before but one of the other um like he's also like a scientist like the same position as my mentor the two of them like never see eye to eye like they're always arguing about something (laughs) like literally any actually i don't know if i don't know who does it more but every time my mentor like suggests something so my mentor like suggests like kind of experimental ideas a lot and then this other person he's always the first to shoot my mentor down be like no (laughs) can't do that (laughs) but then my mentor like i mean he does he doesn't really like get bothered by that he always tries to push his ideas forward in the lab meetings and i mean sometimes he's successful but this other person i feel like they're always like they're always um (laughs) targeting my mentor or they're always trying to shoot him down but then I don't know. It's like a weird dynamic because they also have to work together and 
like I, sometimes I feel like he dislikes me because of my mentor, but then when I actually talk to him in the lab, sometimes mm. he's pretty nice to me. So I'm like very confused about this whole dynamic. Like a friend of me. Do you feel loyal to your mentor? Oh. In a way, yeah. I kind of feel bad for him because like this other person kind of looks down on my mentor sometimes. Oh. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you just stand up for him. <laughs> I have no, like, how am I going to stand up for him? He can stand up for a little post back. Just be like, like, hey, don't come after my Don't talk to him like that. <laughs> no. That's kind of funny, though. And sad, I guess. What about you, Linda? I feel like there's kind of, there's like this underlying tension between our team, the ops team, and like some other mm. team. I think one time, like, they texted I was organizing a meeting for all of them and one of them texted me and was like, Actually, we don't need to have this meeting. Please cancel it. Thanks, like T H X. I was like, Okay, like I'm not sure about this. So I like, asked the other people, I'm like, Oh, like, are we supposed to cancel the meeting? They're like, What? Like, why would you cancel the meeting? We gotta like, call this person right now. I was like sitting in teams while they like pulled the other person into our call together. And they were having a cold confrontation. And I think they were like annoyed at me for telling the other people, but I'm like, I'm not gonna cancel this whole meeting without like saying anything. So I was like, was I targeted because I'm organizing the meeting and were they expecting me to do their bidding? I was like, overthinking it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I don't know what to do, but I am like loyal to my team. Like I always tell them like, mm-hmm. we are one. And they're like, don't say that, <laughs> <God>. but. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like ops team yeah. has some kind of loyalty to each other because we just get like dumped on a lot. So mm. maybe be nice to your ops team if you have one. What yeah. is an ops team? Like operations. So our ops team handles like any of the vendors, the Wi-Fi, the HR is considered under ops. It's like basically what your company needs to function. Mm-hmm. At least that's for us. But mm. yeah, our ops team's really nice. <laughs> basically, my main takeaway from like working work life i guess is don't take any criticism personally like mm. it's just something it like it all pass like people forget about your mistakes and it like doesn't like none of it really matters in the long run <laughs> as long as you can kind of do your job that's a really good point mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's so hard though yeah <laughs> but people do forget about your mistakes like if you don't make a big mm-hmm. deal about it then like yeah. don't mention mm-hmm. it i was literally um almost not in tears but i was like very stressed out last friday because it was friday it was almost five o'clock and i was supposed to run this facebook ad and basically i felt a lot of pressure because one of the main things that they asked me about during the interview process was have you done facebook ads before and can you run Mm -hmm. them and i've done them for technica so i was like yeah i'm good but the thing i didn't realize is that it's different to do it for a student organization with like a small budget versus like a big organization that's considered sometimes political or policy driven with like a thousands of dollar budget. And so Facebook has this new thing where they're like making anything that seems a little political, you have to verify your identity. And they do that by like mailing something to your house. So I didn't realize that. And so I was like panicking and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. We can't run this ad because I'm not verified and it'll take (laughs) one to two weeks and I'm so sorry. (laughs) And she's like, okay at this point it's 6 30 and she was like can you like get off and like enjoy your weekend and then come back on monday (laughs) i think because she wanted to like log off and like be done for the weekend but she was like just you know forget about it for this weekend we'll come back on monday and figure it out 
and then on monday there was another hiccup and i was like apologizing again and she's like stop apologizing (laughs) (laughs) so i like i definitely overthink things but it is so true that as long as you can get your main job done and communicate if there's issues like yeah yeah the thing i mess up the most is like um sending a wrong thing like in outlook when you like click a little <laughs> bit this the whole, oh i don't know what is going on like like am i having like sweaty hand or something like <laughs> the whole event calendar moves and then it sends an update to everyone it's invited to and all of because i don't know when i when that happens so i start getting all the notifications in my inbox i'm like oh, <sighs> like oh my god like what is happening but like it's not mistakes that you can learn from you know like you just had to like be more careful and it's like an accident so it is like frustrating because you can't really do anything to make sure it doesn't happen again you just have to like hope for the best yeah what about you sally do you have like high stake moments i feel like er- everything in our wet lab is like to in my mind it's like high stakes. increased <laughs> intensity kind of okay so there was this one drama with our centrifuge <laughs> um <laughs> so i was doing antibody conjugation with my mentor and I had to spin down, spin it through a column or, or a, it's like an ultrafiltration column, whatever. Um, and like the first time I put it in for that day, like before, I think it was like a few days ago, I used the centrifuge and worked fine. But that one time I put it in and pressed start and I flashed like an error message on the screen. And then so I got worried. So I tried to stop the centrifuge by pressing the stop button and didn't do anything. And then I tried to open the centrifuge i think no i think it stopped but it wouldn't open like i tried to open the lid with the button that says open it wouldn't open and then my mentor was like we gotta take it out because there's a reaction going on so he took the manual like he's like a like a like a tool thingy um that you can use to manually open the centrifuge and he took out the stuff and then we got a new like we got we borrowed someone else's centrifuge and then we like since the centrifuge that we had in the lab kept flashing the error message, we thought it had to be like serviced. So I put in a service request to the, the company Eppendorf and like had everything ready to go to send the centrifuge out to be serviced. But this is like the next week by the time I got everything ready. And then it's like, I think we were doing something like late at night with my mentor, some, some, I don't know. I forgot what we were doing. Um, and then we needed the bench where the centrifuge was like sitting. So my mentor moved it to like a little tray thingy below his bench. And then the next, well, we didn't move it back. Well, I wanted to move it back. My mentor was like, no, we can just leave it there. Cause we're going to send it out to be service anyways. Oh, this is a long story. <laughs> and then the next day or a, yeah, the next day, the person that I mentioned who's always, like, head-to-head with my mentor, um, he came into the lab, and then he was like, why is the centrifuge under uh, my mentor's <laughs> bench? And he sent an email to the whole lab, and was like, what is going on? And I told uh. him, oh, it's going, it's about to be serviced, so um, my mentor said to just leave it there, and the people that will pick up the centrifuge we'll pick it up from the from like under his bench and then he sent another email was like first off (laughs) you don't send things to be serviced without telling the whole lab and then he was like second of all well i don't know if he said it exactly that but he was like i worked i used it just the other day and it was working fine (sighs) and then 
okay, so it turns out the centrifuge was fine now because <laughs> we just we tested it out again and it like runs fine. So this whole thing is like for nothing. I don't know what was going on that night, but it like works fine now. It was trying to get you yelled at. Oh my gosh, that's like <sighs> such. That seems like high stakes because it's like expensive equipment. It's really but... expensive. It's like mm-hmm. yeah, tens of thousands of dollars. Wait, so what if you break something in the lab, like? Like oh my god! I mean, I'm not going to be expected to pay for it, but I don't know what happened. Like you become an indentured servant, and you have to like pay off <laughs> your debt. The debt. Yeah. <laughs> okay, though that like the mass email though that's like that's when you know that drama has gone down because mm-hmm. I got a mass email like to everyone um, like a few weeks ago. And it was from the person in charge of HR. And she was like, I have gotten multiple requests from people in this company to violate the privacy order. And like, basically, bosses or other people, coworkers were just asking for like their team members, like phone numbers or mailing addresses so they could send them a card or something since we're like all separate. Mm-hmm. But like the HR person takes the like privacy super seriously. And she's like, this is private information. You can't just come to me to ask for their information. <laughs> they cannot give it out unless they want to. So I have graciously created like this form for you to request permission. So basically now if you want to ask for someone's address, you have to like go into the form and like request permission. And like this, it's this whole ordeal when literally like it was just a few people wanting to send birthday presents <laughs> to their coworkers. Wait, but whenever I see like... people know? It's because like the, they didn't want to, like, say my boss didn't want to ask me for my uh, phone number because she wanted it to be a surprise. Oh, it's like a surprise. So she would, like, yeah, she would, like, go to the HR person and be like, oh, can you give me her phone number? And then the HR person was like, no, I can't. <laughs> Even though this is, like, a, such a small, it's a 25-person team, so, like, we all know each other, but she's like, it's a, vi- a violation of privacy. And I mean, she's tr- right, so. But whenever I see, like, the two, like, all employees like address like, like what now <laughs> what now <laughs> wow yeah what were we talking about <laughs> we were talking about there's like drama at work which oh yeah i had another thing to add oh it's not really drama but i guess it's just like in t- in like these times like pandemic times there's like a difference in people's um like tolerance of the social distancing rules so like mm, some people are more strict about following it and some people are more lax i'm one of the more lax people <laughs> but it's like it kind of creates tension sometimes well in the beginning i've created tension now i've like learned to work over it but so okay the person that keeps getting mentioned he's more one of the oh. more strict people and the person like who works person. <laughs> he's actually a nice person when i talk to him in person but like over email, he has so much. Uh, he has a lot of courage over email. He's very <laughs> blunt. <laughs> but anyways, him, him and the other person who works under him, they're both pretty strict about following social distancing rules. So like, we can't be working in the main lab. We can't. There can't be more than one person in the main lab at a time. That's like one of our lab rules. But me and the other postback, since we're working in the lab a lot more than most of the people, when we're and when it's just the two of us alone we're kind of like we don't really care like one person can be working in the hood and then a person on the bench and it's fine like we're mm-hmm. probably more than six feet apart it's just we're in the same room which is technically not allowed 
But when the other people are there, we have to like follow the rules because they'll get like they'll get kind of upset or they'll kind of like passively be like, "Oh, I'm working here for now," and then it's kind of mm-hmm. like a hit, like get out. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's one of the harder things of like working in a new environment is getting to know like the unspoken rules mm-hmm. so like there's like what hr says or like what the official rule is but like sometimes it's like bent a little or like people do things a different way and like that's the hard part for me of like figuring out what is okay and then like what's okay with certain yeah. people because like i was Everyone's talking to different. my friend yeah. yeah like especially like work hours you know it's like nine to five for like offices typically but then i was like what is it really nine to five because you know some people might come early or leave late that sort of thing mm-hmm. um and my boss and i asked my boss this which i don't know if i should have but she was just like no it's nine to five so come to work nine to five <laughs> but it's like that sort of thing like it's good to know yeah wait is there like no flexibility she's like she's very nice she didn't say it that bluntly but like yeah sh- there's flexibility and y- if you request you know to switch things up or like if you need to take off for appointment or something they're very flexible but she was basically like our team typically works nine to five so like if you want to keep up with the team you need to work at least nine to five but then you know sometimes i go on at 7 30 because i forget about an email and they're still working so i'm like so am i the bum it's like i never want to be the first one to leave but um it seems like it it happens that way and it's like hard when you're virtual because you can't physically see people leave so Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I really want a job. Oh. oh, Sally, go ahead. <laughs> what? Sorry, I really want a job where I can just like work nine to five, and then at five p.m. I can close my laptop and be like, I'm mm-hmm. not answering anything until the next day at nine. <laughs> but it's never but like it's, that. Is it's it? not like that. My mentor will text me at like ten p.m. Ask me a question, and uh, I'll oh, like no. full battery don't answer. Are you Sally? Because I already don't nine to five though, or is it like one hour? No. I'm one ever, but I set my limit. So after, like after a reasonable time, like five or six, I stop checking my email. So yeah, if they need a, if my mentor has a dying, like a pressing question, he has to ask me. He texts me, and then sometimes I also don't see the text, so I'll answer like thirty minutes late, and I feel bad. I mean, it's good yeah. to set those boundaries though, because mm-hmm. you can't be expected to like be at your computer or check your work email at like ten. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna do that. So yeah, my mentor likes to work odd hours, and he also oh. because he doesn't go into the lab during like normal hours, he also works weekends. So sometimes he'll like ask questions during the weekends. But I don't, I don't really check my email during the weekend. So sometimes, I mean, he'll still text me, but I just I have to set my limit. Be like, I'm not working on weekends, like at least not in the lab. Mm-hmm. For like yeah. lunch break, do you just like take it? whenever or do you like put it in your calendar like i just kind of leave and then come back for me because we're at home like i don't know how it is in the office but since we're at home basically anyone like like takes lunch or whatever whenever they want like because they don't know if you've left your desk um on microsoft teams i think you know this linda you can see when someone's like red yellow or green like active or like away and so we also use microsoft teams oh sorry sally (laughs) so you see that but like so that's how you can like tell if people are active but to be active you literally have to be like like doing things on your computer so like sometimes when i'm reading things 
I go like inactive, but like I'm still there. So we don't really like track people based on that. But this the one girl who um, requested me on Instagram, (laughs) she was telling me the other day how she took. I hope she doesn't listen to this, but she took like an hour and a half break to like walk outside or like go on a walk or something. And like no one cares as long as you get your work done. So I don't put it on my calendar. Do you have a thing where it's like is rude to ping people on red? Because someone was complaining to you about it. Like, we were on a call, and she's like, someone pinged me while I'm in a call. How rude. I'm like, okay, now I know not to ping people when they're on red. So my company doesn't really do that, but it's interesting to see how every different organization or setting has, like, their different nuanced rules. And that makes it really hard to, like, jump from place to place. But I guess that's the point. Like, every place has their own almost culture in a way. So very interesting to hear everyone's. We hope that you enjoyed listening to our workplace talk. So we actually covered a lot of topics like working in a lab versus a quote-unquote corporate nonprofit. It was kind of fun for me to talk about where I can have like a space to do so, or I feel like I'm just venting or I guess not expressing my true feelings. So it was nice to hear like I'm not alone in some problems or, you know, learn that I am alone in some problems but anyways it's only been a few months since we all started working so I hope that our experiences can be relatable to other recent grads or other people starting a new job and even though the three of us are doing different things I think we learn valuable insights from each other and we'll continue when we work longer and longer (laughs) for the rest of our lives you can check out our website at movingalongpod.com where you can find all of our episodes and show notes with links. And if you like this episode, of course, you can follow us on Instagram and subscribe to us on iTunes or Spotify. Until next time. Bye. Bye.